Welcome to the Centerpoint Church podcast. At Centerpoint Church, we are a community of believers impacted by God's saving grace and the love He demonstrated in Jesus Christ. Our response to this amazing grace is to allow it to transform our lives and to share it with others. As a body of believers, we find our purpose in knowing Christ, growing together, and reaching beyond ourselves to help others do the same. Today's message is the second in our At the Table series. In this series, Jesus invites us to commune with Him at the table and to mimic the variety of guests He dines with. This message is from Luke 11, verses 37 to 54. I'm excited about this series where it's called At the Table. Uh, and what, what we're looking at uh, with, with At the Table is something that is, um, is super, uh, super simple. And so... Um, it's talking about how Jesus invites us to his table, communion, uh, which we're going to do again today. And it's how we can invite others to our table. And there's abundance in both places. So that's where we're going. So a couple announcements before we get there. Um, Serenity, help me out. I don't remember what they are. I know what one of them is. is lunch. Lunch today for free. So you planning a lunch after church. Yes, you did. And it's here. And so right after, right after church, we've got our lead pastor, Jamie Dyster, in the back, and one of our elders, Kelly. They're cooking burgers and, and hot dogs right now, as we speak, uh, right out the back door. So a lunch will be available. It's going to be in here. So at the end of the service, I'm going to ask you to, like, stack your chairs uh, to make room for all the tables we're going to bring in. If you want to help, great. Otherwise, we'll have some, you can go hang out, get some drinks, and there's a few games that will be out in the lobby, hang out a little bit, and we'll be back in doing communion at our tables as small groups, uh, and then having lunch together. So that's going to be spectacular. Hopefully you will hang out uh, with us for that. The second announcement we have is the uh, Vision uh, for Mission Night. So this coming Wednesday, if you're interested in missions and want to see what are we about at Centerpoint Church when we're looking at missions, this is one of the ways we're investing. It's a great opportunity to hear about what uh, one of our legs of mission is, looks like and how we can be involved, how you could be involved in that, that piece of, of our ministry. So um, that's going to be absolutely spectacular as well. So really excited about that. Sound good? Awesome. Good. We'll skip the bumper because I already talked about the series and... Then that just gets awkward. They love it when I do this. They're great friends. Okay. So before we get to the message, so the message, we're talking about Jesus having a lunch meal uh, with some Pharisees, which were like the religious leaders. And and so we're going to get there in a second. Before we do that, I want you to think about uh, this question. How do you know that someone is a really good friend? Right, so how do you know if you have somebody who is a really good friend? Now, I've got a couple of, of like, you know they're a good friend when things. Okay, so I'll, can I let you behind the scenes, like a little bit behind the curtain of, uh, of a pastor getting ready to go preach? Is everybody okay with that? You comfortable? I don't want to ruin anything for you, but comfortable with this? While you all are worshiping and enjoying yourselves, I'm checking my zipper about 30 times. 
Right? Gentlemen, are you with me? <laughs> Amen. Because I don't want to come up here, because if my zipper's down while I'm up here, everybody in the room is going to be like, ah! zipper down! Bar door! Right? You just can't help yourself. You're going to be like, I'm not looking. It's open though! So, you know you have a good friend if a friend walks up to you and you're like, bro, zipper's down. Right out in public, like, get that knocked out. Like, we need to know that information. I didn't do it on purpose. I obviously don't know. Let me know. Right? Where are my salad eaters? It's okay. It's okay if you're a salad eater. You will not be shunned or anything like that. Where are my salad eaters at? You know you have a good friend when... Someone tells you you have a huge hunk of lettuce stuck in your teeth. Yeah? Come on now. Right? Because if they don't tell you from a distance, you look like Cletus. <laughs> I got most of my teeth. Except for the spinach one. Right? Like you, you need that. You need that help. You need something. You can't see it. If you could see it, you would have taken care of it. Right? Last one. If you have a bat in the cave, come on. Now, I'm 6'2". A number of people are shorter than me, okay? Some people are close talkers. You know what a close talker is? Yeah. So if I have a short person who's a close talker, guess what? They're getting a survey that I can't get. I need some help. Right, because it's a rough angle at the mirror. I can't see anything. I need help. Right, good friends are the ones who'd be like, zipper, lettuce, bat. I'm going to write those down. That's pretty good. So that's where we're going. Now, why do I bring that up? This passage we're going to read this is just a Casey's cup. Their tea was garbage this morning. <clears throat> we made it here. We got really good iced tea. Uh, the passage we're going to read is uh, Luke chapter 11, right? And I'm going to read from the message version. Um, so the message is, is a translation of the Bible. Um, it, if you're struggling understanding something like that you read in the Bible sometime, uh, the message version might be really helpful to you. This one I'm reading, this is a really harsh passage. It's Jesus talking. And it's super harsh. And it's harsh in the NIV, which is what this Bible is, which is uh, what we normally show on a Sunday. It's actually more harsh in the message. And I, so I'm reading it from the message. Hang with me. I will explain what's going on. All right? Um, so if you're new to Jesus, you're going to need some context here. All right? So give it a minute. Um, but Jesus... Um, Jesus is talking with uh, a Pharisee, and a Pharisee is like a religious leader, was kind of in charge of the Jewish church during Jesus' time, and they didn't get him, right? They didn't really understand him. Um, all right, so here we go. You ready? So Luke chapter 11, starting in verse 37. When he finished that talk, a Pharisee asked him to dinner, to lunch. He entered his house and sat down, right down at the table. The Pharisee was shocked 
and somewhat offended when he saw that Jesus didn't wash up before the meal. But the master said to him, I know you Pharisees buff the surface of your cups and plates so that they sparkle in the sun, but I also know your insides are maggoty with greed and secret evil. Stupid Pharisees. Didn't the one who made the outside also make the inside? Turn both your pockets and your hearts inside out and give generously to the poor. Then your lives will be clean, not just your dishes in your hands. I've had it with you, you hopeless, you Pharisees, frauds. You keep meticulous account books, tithing on every nickel and dime you get, but manage to find loopholes for getting around basic matters of justice and God's love. Careful bookkeeping is commendable, but the basics are required. You're hopeless, you Pharisees, frauds. You love sitting at the head table at church dinners, love preening yourselves in the radiance of public flattery. Frauds, you're just like unmarked graves. People walk over that nice grassy surface, never suspecting the rot and corruption that is six feet under. One of the religion scholars spoke up, Teacher, do you realize that in saying these things, you're insulting us? Yeah. Yep. And I can be even more explicit. You're hopeless, you religion scholars. You load people down with rules and regulations, nearly breaking their backs, but never lift even a finger to help. You're hopeless. You build tombs for the prophets your ancestors killed. The tombs you build are monuments to your murdering ancestors more than to the murdered prophets. That accounts for God's wisdom saying, I will send them prophets and apostles, but they'll kill them and run them off. What it means is that every drop of your righteous blood ever spilled from the time earth began until now, from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who was struck down between the altar and the sanctuary, is on your heads. Yes, it's on the bill of this generation, and this generation will pay. You're hopeless, you religion scholars. You took the key of knowledge, but instead of unlocking doors, you locked them. You won't even go in yourself and won't let anyone else in either. As soon as Jesus left the table, the religion scholars and Pharisees went into a rage. They went over and over everything he said, plotting how they could trap him in something from his own mouth little harsh, right? No. I, I get that, that that comes off as Jesus being kind of mean, kind of rude. He insulted somebody. That's sad. What Jesus was actually doing was being a good friend. So, Jesus didn't condemn them in the moment. He pointed out to them, here's where you're missing it. Here's where you're missing it. You think this is the thing, that's not the thing. This over here is the thing. He was trying to help them get to him. He didn't strike them down in the moment He was trying to point out to them where they were falling short. Jesus was actually having mercy. Now, mercy and grace are two words that we use 
um, two words that we use uh, in the Christian faith in church all the time. We say it often. And so we're going to define, I want to define this for you. So mercy is not receiving the punishment that you deserve. That is mercy. And so that's what Jesus is doing in this conversation. He's providing mercy. Because the Pharisees and religious scholars are totally missing it. But Jesus doesn't give them the punishment they deserve. Right? So that's mercy. Grace, grace is receiving something that you don't, didn't earn. Receiving something good that you didn't earn. So grace, mercy. God provides both. Both are gifts. And both are available to us. So what's Jesus doing this is at a lunch. Who's been to an awkward lunch before? Who's been to an awkward family lunch where you're trying to see if you can climb under the table? <laughs> Who's been to an awkward family lunch small enough that you know if you get up to leave, everyone will notice? And you leave anyway. So Jesus knew the heart of the Pharisee was not to learn from him. So Jesus came in and he was going to be very, very clear where he saw the Pharisees and the religion scholars, those who were already trying to catch him in something wrong. Right? The initial thing that made the Pharisee offended is said that Jesus didn't wash up before the meal. Right? And this isn't a hygiene thing. There's a ceremonial washing that the Pharisees had put into the rules of the Jewish religion. It isn't from God. You can go and read Leviticus. I'm, none of you are going to go read Leviticus, but you could. It is in there. Uh, but there isn't a ceremonial washing that has to take place before every meal. The Pharisees put that in as a thing to do. And so when Jesus came in for lunch, the Pharisee watched him, and when he didn't do it, he was like, huh. And Jesus is like, bro, you are missing the mark. You have no idea. And so then Jesus just hit the high points. He didn't get into the, the nitty-gritty details. He was just the high points of where they were missing it. It's like, good job tithing on every nickel, but you aren't loving humans. Maybe love some humans. Maybe that's what we're supposed to be about. Love some humans. And it's like, stop pretending to be a certain way on the outside, making sure everything's okay. How do I look? When the inside is gross. We have no repentance in our hearts. When we have no forgiveness. Jesus is saying it doesn't work. And the most, uh, the most clear way he says this, and it's uh, actually the message version is way more clear. He talks about unmarked graves. 
You're like an unmarked grave. So in Jewish time, one of the laws was if you walked on a grave, that you would be unclean, uh, which meant you couldn't participate in the nightly uh, worship, which was the nightly sacrifice. And so you had to had to kind of stay away from your family, and you had to go through a ceremonial cleaning to become clean. And so what Jesus is saying is you're like an unmarked grave. People don't know how unclean you are, and they're interacting with you. And that's making them, like you're, you're ruining them because of your interactions, because they don't know how dirty you are. Just like you were walking on a beautiful grassy area and having no idea that there was a body below you. How does this tie to us, right? How, what do we do with this? So if this is your first time at Center Point in Hayward, like what you're gonna, if you come back, which is a big if, if you come back, what you're gonna realize is that we always say, hey, it's good to hear the word, what are you gonna do with it? How are you gonna put this into practice? Church is not just an hour on Sunday. Church is who we are, and we are the church in our community. That's actually where church happens is out there. We just celebrate what God is doing in here so that we're ready to go out there. So what are we going to do? How does this apply? How does this relate? Right? What I don't want you to hear is, my pastor told me I'm supposed to yell at you. (laughs) No. There's this saying, it's called clarity is kind. Clarity is kind. Right, So this is something that we, we struggle with. When I say we, so Midwesterners generally struggle with this because Midwesterners want to be nice. And we think, we think if someone has misspoken, rather than helping them understand maybe how, how there was a misunderstanding, we'll just let it go, it'll be okay. And that can lead to some hurt. So... Clarity, I want, I want you to hear this, clarity is kind. Being clear is kind. And so if you have friends in your spheres of influence, now because this is based on relationship, right? So we, we have permission to be clear with people that we are in relationship with, and that is kind. If you're not in relationship with someone and then you say something that is a little harsh, let me give you an example. If you stop by Casey's on the way out of town and you walk in the front door and you just yell, frauds! And then you walk out. You're just weird. (laughs) Wasn't clear wasn't kind, no one has any clue what's going on. But if you're in relationship with someone and, and they're coming across, maybe they're, they're coming across like they're angry a lot. It's probably a good thing in a, in a safe setting to set them down and be like, hey, here's how I'm receiving you. Is that how you intend? Did you realize that? that? That would be kind. 
Another way clarity can be kind is if you know you're gonna, you know you're gonna miss, miss something. Like you've promised to do something and you're not gonna be able to do it. Tell somebody. Let somebody know. It's not disappointing. It's kind. Because we, we now clearly understand what's going to happen. There's tons of value in that. And see, we, we Midwesterners, we don't like to disappoint people. And we think that's disappointing. When actually, clarity, being clear, is kind. So today, we're having a meal after the service. The service is called, or the series is called At the Table. We're, we're trying to give opportunities for us to gather, whether it's at our homes and invite people into our homes, whether it's at a place like this, a space like this, where we want to gather around a meal and, and start to change the context of the meal or the purpose of the meal, because what we can tend to do is have the purpose of the meal be to only consume calories, right? AKA the drive-through. That's the goal of the drive-through, you consume calories. There is no other goal, there's no relational goals, there's no goals for you being, uh, having a, a nice conversation with anybody, it's drive through, get through the line as fast as you can, hammer that sandwich down so you can get on to the next thing. Right? Drive through. Born here in the good old U.S. of A. What we're trying to do is change the context of a meal to have it be about being in relationship with other people. Having it be more similar to what Meals were like when Jesus was walking the earth. They were an event that was all about who was there and investing in each person who was there and spending time with those people and being honest and being real, being clear, being vulnerable. So we don't want you yelling at each other at the table. So what, what do we want that to look like? There's a couple, a couple of things um, that, we, that we want to consider. One is us being willing to be vulnerable and honest. Us being willing to be vulnerable and honest. Right? The, what's the question that we hear over and over and over and over again around here? Anytime you walk by someone who is an acquaintance, or who you, you know a little bit, or even some people you've never seen before, you walk by and someone says, how you doing? And our standard answer is? Good. How many people just lied? Yeah, we just lie. Right? And we... We just make it up and we just, we just lie because, well, you don't really want to know, could be our thought, or I'm not going to go there. No one wants to know. The reality is, is that this community is where we need to be safe, 
to share how it's really going. It needs to be a safe place to share how it's actually going. How are you doing? Are you tired? Are you overwhelmed? Are you exhausted? Are you happy? Are you celebrating? Are you, are you questioning where you're at with Jesus? Are you, are you questioning relationships within your family? Are you wondering if your job isn't the right fit for you? Like, how are you doing? Where's a safe place? You can be vulnerable and you can be real. See, so at the table today, we're going to be taking communion. Right? And so communion is this mysterious thing where there's, there's bread and, and here in Hayward and there's grape juice. But there's, there's bread and there's grape juice and we interact with Jesus around the table in communion. And this is to, to mark what, what we talk about is this is Jesus' body broken for you. He sacrificed for you. The juice, this is his blood spilled for you. Jesus did these things for you. The communion table is where we are supposed to take our burdens and give them to Jesus because he's trying to take them from you. But we like them. Right? And if Jesus was here sitting at each of our tables, he could look at us and he could see what we're hiding. He could see what we're trying to pretend is okay. He could see, you're not good. You just said you were good. You're not good. Let us come together. We come to communion. We lay all of our stuff on the table. We let Jesus have it. And then as a community, together around the table, we try to heal together from what we just let Jesus have. That can work. That can work. And it's not just a meal that we do at church. That's the design of how we as a community can have little smaller communities where we can walk with each other and walk each other through hurts, walk each other through unhealthy habits, walk, e walk with each other through hardships. We can do this together. You cannot do it on your own. You need Jesus, this relationship, and you need a community. It's just interesting how that is the shape of a cross, a reminder of what Jesus did for us is also how we can relationally function and be healthy in community. That's the way it can work. But it needs you to be involved. And so Thanks for listening to the Centerpoint Church Podcast. Be sure to keep up with us on social media at facebook.com slash wearecenterpoint or on Instagram at wearecenterpoint. We hope to see you soon in person for worship this Sunday at 930.